0: Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is a recording of our monthly contemplative service. It has been lightly edited so you can participate wherever you're listening. Our contemplative service is a gathering wrapped around spiritual practice. Each month, we look at the writings and teachings of a different saint, mystic, or spiritual teacher within our Christian tradition. We hear a bit of their life story, and then we sit with some of their writings using a variety of spiritual practices. We encourage you to practice with us as you're listening and may you connect a little deeper with the heart of God along with
1: us. Very nice to have you here this first Sunday of Advent as we begin to make our journey towards Christmas and preparing our hearts for the Christ to be born afresh in us and afresh in our world. Um, we, my house has COVID. Um, I'm here. I will stay away from you. <laughs> I don't have COVID. I have been, um, I've had this terrible cough for the last two weeks. So I feel like I did my dash of sickness without COVID and then now Archie and, and Luke have got um, COVID. But it's meant that essentially the last two weeks of our life have been very empty because we've like you know when you when you're coughing in these days and age you just stay away because you genuinely don't want to be sharing it with everyone so I feel like you know every couple of days it's just an exercise in cancelling our plans and um, not doing things but it actually has meant that unusually for this time of year I've I've slowed down because I've had to and we're still kind of in that space of like well we can't go anywhere and do anything so you're just slowing down, which just felt a bit like a gift because in so many ways I feel like life at this time of year just speeds up and there's, it's, a lot of it's good and fun and lots of great things happening but it is kind of like a, a busy time of year and so this morning as we're here just together to be still and to be with God, I just want to invite you to consider the next you know, hour to be a moment of stillness for you, a moment of slowing down, even in the kind of chaos and busyness of life, that you'd have like the chance just to to let your body be still, to let your breathing be slow and you know, just be present to yourself, be present to the other people here, be present to the Spirit of God. And just Allow yourself to take those deep breaths that your body needs to to just be present. Allow yourself to really just, you know, let your mind slow down, let your heart slow down and let's just, in the midst of all that goes on at this time of year, just have moments of peace and stillness. Create a God the light who is coming, the light who has come and will come. In this Advent season, we wanna be more present to you, to have moments of stillness and slowness and reflection that just allow our bodies and our hearts and our minds to honour you. Holy Spirit, as we journey through this little gathering this morning, would you reveal to us the things you want us to remember? Will you remind us that we can trust in you? And would you help us to become aware of the growing of the light in our own hearts and lives, in our families and in the world. So come, God, come. Amen. One of the um, main themes of Advent is light. There's a few different themes that Kind of sit in the season of Advent, but one of them is light. And in more liturgical churches, you would have a an Advent the Advent candles that you would light one one a week, um, in kind of referencing the growing of the light that then comes with Christ on Christmas Day. And it's a strange time of year here in the southern hemisphere to be celebrating the light because we're in the lightest part of our year but with the origins of you know Christianity existing within the northern hemisphere it has a lot more um, seasonal references to the growing of the light and as Christianity began to spread um, outwards from Jerusalem and specifically spreading west towards um, all of those kind of indigenous nations that much of the Roman Empire had occupied. And as it kept going, you know, towards the Celts and the Gauls and the Nordic nations, it began to encounter uh, much more um, indigenous and nature-based spirituality. And so as the people were bringing the message of Jesus to these parts of the world, there already existed... Um, spiritual rhythms and practices that in many ways were very connected to creation because that seems to be a way that humanity um, resonates spiritually. And so part of that was Christianity figuring out how do we bring Jesus and how do we bring this message of Christ into these other places that already know things about God and about spirituality. And in many of the places they encountered, there were significant festivals and religious celebrations at winter solstice, which, you know, in fact, all across the globe, whether we're talking Asian nations, South American nations, European nations, winter solstice is often a time of deep celebration for cultures. And so they're encountering these festivities and festivals at, you know, in the dar- on the darkest day of the year or the shortest day of the year. And they um, were then considering how do we bring, you know, our sort of understanding of God and Jesus into this. Uh, Because I think it's recognized that actually Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th, which I'm sure you have thought about. It's much more likely that he was born in springtime than in the middle of winter. And they, they reckon that because there were shepherds out on the hills and shepherds don't go out with sheep on the hills at night time in the dead of winter, like all the animals are brought in. And so they kind of, from our Christmas narratives, kind of don't know the date, but reckon it's probably not in the thick of winter. But here we have this Christmas celebration in the thick of the winter of Northern Hemisphere. And so what, you know, these early spreaders of Christianity did was they placed this celebration of the birth of Christ Three days after winter solstice. So, winter solstice is usually around the 22nd of December. Um, And they placed it on December 25th because three days after the shortest day of the year is the day on which the human eye can discern that the light is beginning to grow again. So, you can't, because of I don't know, science and the human eye, I don't understand. You know, even though it changes, winter solstice is the shortest day of the year, and from then we start to grow again. The human eye can't discern that until three days afterwards. And so, in a very beautiful and deeply resonant kind of act of connection, they place Christmas on the day in which, in the northern hemisphere, you can discern that the light is now growing. The light has come and is beginning to grow once again in our midst. And so that's why Christmas falls on the 25th of December, it would be very poetic for us to celebrate Christmas on June. It would be June 25th, wouldn't it? It would be like after our actual winter solstice, we would have that. And you know, we still do all the Christmas lights. You just have to wait till 10 p.m. to be able to really enjoy them as opposed to heading out at 4.30 or 5 p.m. and enjoying the, the lights. But it really is sort of a sense of like Advent, the coming of the light, Jesus, the light of the world who comes. And so as we sort of you know, gather around some practices this morning. I've chosen to just seat us in this idea of the growing of the light. So, we're going to do two different practices together this morning. The first is we're going to do an examine. So, the examine is a, an Ignatian prayer practice, it's a, a way of, um, Ignatius developed this way of inviting people to reflect back on their day. Um, sometimes it's done on the last 24 hours, sometimes it's done on a week, sometimes it's done on a month, it depends how it's structured and the idea is that you sit with the Holy Spirit and you allow God to kind of sift things in your life to bring awareness of God's presence and his goodness, um, to recognize things you might have missed and in doing so it's sort of like a tool of discernment because it awakens us to be able to sense God's presence um, as we look backwards. But that actually helps us sense God in our present, um, in in the given moment. And so I'm going to invite us into a kind of examine um, based on the light of the day. So I'm gonna lead you through from midday to twilight to nighttime and dawn. And I'm gonna invite you to reflect back on this year So your year this year, and I'm going to invite you to connect where the resonances of those times of day fit for you in your year. What I want to suggest to you is this is not, um, the examine is not like a, a scrupulous prayer practice. It's not aimed to kind of like vigilantly go across your whole day or year and figure it out. It's like more of a... Um, it's more of a movement-based practice. So what I want to invite you to do is be kind of aware of what the Holy Spirit is bringing to your attention. When we come to God, we can trust that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into what God wants us to know. And so as I lead you through this, don't worry about your mind really like considering everything and thinking, oh my goodness, what was that? Just let it sort of float across your year and what comes up just stay with that it doesn't have to be the biggest thing or the greatest thing it's just the thing that the holy spirit is going to um, bring to your resonance this morning Um, i have there's a few like there's some coloring in and bits and pieces around because i know that sometimes when we do reflective practice for some of us it's actually really hard to close our eyes and concentrate on something because our brains just go into monkey mode. And so if it would help you to kind of sit and colour in and give your hands something to do as you're, um, as you're thinking and reflecting, you know, move around and do that. But I just would want you to have the ultimate space for God to be able to connect you to this. Um, and I'm going to just begin um, by reading some scripture that connects the God of light into our lives and then I'll lead you in the exam. So if you just like to get comfortable, if closing your eyes feels safe, you're welcome to close your eyes or you might like just to keep your gaze soft and focus on something else. Holy Spirit, we just bring ourselves to you. We trust you to reveal to us what you want us to remember this morning. God said, let there be lights in the huge space of the sky. Let them separate the day from the night. Let the lights set the times for the holy celebrations and the days and the years. Let them be lights in the huge space of the sky to give light on the earth. And that's exactly what happened. God made two great lights. He made the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. He also made the stars. God put the lights in the huge space of the sky to give light on the earth. He put them there to rule over the day and the night. He put them there to separate light from darkness. God saw that it was good. Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord illuminates my darkness. God dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth upon a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. Lord, you provide the flame for my lamp. You, God, turn the darkness around me into light. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. The light will shine on those living in the land of dark shadows. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome the light. Then Jesus spoke out again, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So I just invite you to consider your year this year, 2023. Reflecting back across the months, through the seasons, the flow of your life from January to now. When in the past year has life felt most like the noonday sun on a clear and sunny day? A time of light and freedom. rest an important celebration a success a great task accomplished but what's one moment this year that has just felt full of light and as you remember what that time was I just invite you to savor it To taste again it's goodness. To remember it's light, it's joy. I just invite you to thank God for that moment. Now I want you to consider twilight, the ending of the day and the fading of the light. Has there been a part of your year this year that has felt like a twilight? Perhaps it was the end of something or a fading away of what has been closing or an ending, perhaps this twilight felt good and natural, or it may have even felt like a kind of loss, and I just invite you to hold this twilight moment in your mind, To remember again. And to ask God to show you their presence with you in that twilight. Now just think across your year for a moment of shadow or of night when the darkness felt most familiar. Perhaps it was a difficult relationship, a hard time, a failure. challenge, the death of something or someone, perhaps it's simply an emptiness that you felt inside of you. As you remember this nighttime moment, ask God to show you their presence through the watches of the night, standing with you, keeping watch. What has felt like dawn for you this year? Where is the light beginning to grow in you or around you? New life, hope, possibility, a slight easing of the darkness, a small glimpse of the dawn. Where can you just begin to sense and see a growing of the light? want you to hold on to that. Let God hold on to it with you. Let a sense of hope just be present with you. the light, God of the greater lights and the smaller lights, God of the daytime and the nighttime and the seasons, Jesus, light of the world, would you help us to know that through all the seasons of our life this year, from the midday to the twilight to the nighttime and the dawn, that your presence Is always with us. We give you thanks. We hold on to you, God. Just take a deep breath to bring yourself back to the room. what we'll do is maybe just if you'd like to just share with someone near you just one of those things Um, share something that you might have felt comfortable with sharing just let's just chat with one another about one of the ways in which we've discerned the presence of God in light in our lives this year so I'll give us a few moments to do that and then we'll come back together Wonderful. Well, we're just going to move and do a little Lectio Divina or Alexio Divina on um, some short verses from Luke chapter 1, uh, which come in those early birth narratives of John the Baptist and Jesus. So, Lectio Divina, it just means sacred reading, and it's a way of reading scripture or in some ways reading anything with a very slow and um, kind of a, a way of meditating on the words, a way of connecting with what is happening and what, you know, what's resonating with you, what is it that the spirit wants to bring to your attention um, in, in the day. So what, what we do, we, we have done a lot of Lectio before, but if you're a little bit less familiar, what we're going to read the passage and I've got, it's just um, two verses from Luke chapter 1 and I've got it in three different translations. And what I might do is get three different people to read read them, so we'll read one, two, three, one, two, three. Just read it slowly. And what you're looking to do is just see what word or two words or small small phrase just jumps out to you. And then after we've read it through, together I'll just give us a few minutes of quiet and then we'll just for anyone who would like to share what it was that was resonating with them this morning we'll just have a time of sharing um, in order to take that kind of reflective meditation deeper and then we'll just have a short time of prayer where we pray out simple prayers that have been like come up out of the reading and then we'll just finish with a minute of silence to to go with that so If I if I pass it that way, are we right? Do you want? Are you three all right to read out loud? Okay. So it's Luke chapter one and it's verses seventy-eight to seventy-nine. That's the first. Yes, one, two, and the other ones on the other side.
0: Okay. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace i
2: oh okay sorry i thought had to do because the heart of our god is full of mercy toward us the first light of heaven shall come to visit us, to shine on those who lie in darkness and under the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace.
3: All this will flow from the kind and compassionate mercy of our God. A new day is dawning. The sunrise from the heavens will break through in our darkness, and those who huddle in night those who sit in the shadow of death will be able to rise and walk in the light, guided in the pathway of peace.
0: By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace.
2: Because the heart of our God is full of mercy toward us, the first light of heaven shall come to visit us, to shine on those who lie in darkness and under the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace.
3: All this will flow from the kind and compassionate mercy of our God. A new day is dawning. The sunrise from the heavens will break through in our darkness. And those who huddle in night, those who sit in the shadow of death, will be able to rise and walk in the light, guided in the pathway of peace.
1: we we'll just sit for a moment just reflecting on what it was that jumped out to us. Maybe we'll just share the things that jumped out to us. I'm happy to run the mic around. Are you waving, now. Can I have the next slide,
2: please? So what really came out with me was those who sit in the shadow of death. Um, mainly because recognition that the older I get, the more I sit in the shadow of death. And recognising that those People who the generation above us are going at a fast rate, and it'll be my generation next, you know. But recognising too that a new day is dawning, that God um, will guide me through that and help me in the pathway of peace.
1: Yes, I was drawn to the voice translation too, and. um A little bit more than Nyland. I started with those who huddle it in night. Huddling in night seemed to have for me a sense of desolation about it. How we draw together um, in conflict and adversity. And then there was those who sit in the shadow of death. Yes, um,
2: I don't put myself in that
1: generation. (laughs) but I
4: am but I have a mother who's very much in the shadow of death at the moment but we'll be able to rise and walk in light but not only that be guided in the pathway of peace how good is that I
0: was thinking about how It's tied together, like walking in light and walking the pathway of peace. And it's not to be in the light is to then experience success or experience no problems or to experience, I don't know, whatever all these other things that I typically associate with walking in light. But actually, the way of light is the way of peace. The way of peace is the way of light and how... Yeah, light is the only way that we can find which direction points us in peace.
2: Sorry that I always make everything political, but I could I was just thinking what a mercy the dawn must be when you've been bombed all night.
3: Um, I love the the drama of the sunrise from the heavens will break through in our darkness. Like it's such a dramatic term. Um, but then as I sat and thought about it, sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And actually, sometimes the sunrise is blocked by clouds or it's shadowy. or And so it might just feel like, you know, that little glimpse of light. It doesn't always feel like a massive... But it's still there.
4: I, I was struck by the just the intention of it all, of the the compassion and, of God wanting to lead us in light and peace. That's that's the gospel. That's the intention. I get, in the past, have been so caught up with the shadow of death and in the condemnation of that without recognising, no, no, it's the intention of God, the, the good news is of what his heart is for us in wanting us to walk in light and, and peace and that that's the reason for the light, not to condemn the darkness but to, to give the hope. Um, I I was thinking about the word mercy, which I know at least in Arabic, but I'm guessing probably in Hebrew as well, mercy is um, the word rahim, which is the word for womb or uterus. So it's a very maternal picture of God, the mercy of God is God is this, like a mother loving us the way that a mother loves, you know, the child um, in her womb. And then also I guess, I just feel affirmed in this that the pathway of peace, like God's will is peace. And I feel like within Christianity, within other um, Abrahamic faiths, with other, within other religions, like there's you know, the, the pull towards empire and power and violence and we're seeing that play out you know, in social media right now and play out all over the world. And we can like, like I feel like this is such an important announcement to us. Um, at the beginning of this gospel is that the pathway is peace. That actually the will of God in the world is the, is peace. And actually we don't have to we don't have to be confused about that. <laughs> the, as people who follow Jesus, it's already right here. Like He's bringing peace, and that's what we get to be a part of. And it's really good news for those who are suffering.
1: that first the other yeah that one when I was um kind of going through the different translations and kind of trying to pick some that had a bit of different language in them there was um one I can't remember which translation it was but it actually translated that that first like that Phillips translation says because the heart of our God is full of mercy towards us but one of the other translations had because the bowels of the Lord are full of mercy towards us, which is sort of like that. Again, that more understanding that the the place, the seat of emotion in, you know, the Hebrew world was the gut rather than like we we often think about hearts as being the seat of our emotion. But the Bible, the biblical language, is often like the gut and the bowels is where all things move. Um, <laughs> or don't move but I I, yeah similar to that sense of that that deep the deepest thing in the bowels of God the deepest thing in the gut of God is mercy toward us and I was thinking I, I chatted with a good friend this week who has some really really difficult stuff going on in their life that they would feel like they're under the shadows, that they're huddling in like really difficult situations, and just the sense of hope that this passage brings, that the wherever we find ourselves, that the heart, the bowels, the gut of God towards all of us, towards us here in this room, and towards the whole world is mercy, and that He will, will break forth. It's God's act. I think I had that sense of like. Something about the action of God is to bring the dawn and to lead us in the way of peace. And for us, I guess, to walk in the way of peace is our response to that dawning of God into the darkness and that breaking forth of the sunrise from heaven into our situation, wherever we find ourselves. Does anyone else want to share anything? how about we just sit, oh no we need to pray don't we? I always do this, I always get to this point and think we're done but we're not. <laughs> how about out of what we have shared this morning, we just have a really simple time of prayer and we just, for those who want to speak, just speak out a very simple prayer out of our heart to, to the heart of God and you can just speak it out loudly where you sit. Amen. Let's just have a moment of silence and I just invite you to take the words that resonated most deeply with you this morning and just let them settle into you. finish by just coming to the table and Becca I might get you to break the bread so I I'll stay away. Um, As we come to this table of the Lord, this table of satisfaction of hunger and of quenching of thirst the table which provides the bread of presence to us. Um, as you come and receive the bread and the juice this morning, I want, to, I want to invite you just to come with a sense of where you are aware of shadows or darkness. It may be in you, it may be a part of you that you recognise holds some shadow or some darkness. It may be in in your family, it may be something you're holding in this world, you might want to come holding Gaza, you might want to come holding Ukraine, you might want to come holding places of shadow and darkness in our world and I want to invite you as you come and then as you hold, you actually hold the bread in your hand and you hold the cup in your hand that you become, or you allow yourself to become aware to the reality of God's presence often unseen, God's presence often in mystery, but here in our midst this morning as bread and wine to us. And so as we, as we bring these places that we're tangibly sensing shadow and darkness, but we hold the light of Christ in our hands and we remember and we remind ourselves, all is not lost. God is with all of us through the shadows of the night. Though his presence may be hidden, the dawn is always coming. And we hold this in our hands. And then once we've all received, I'm going to read a a blessing of light over us and then we'll just eat and drink together. Does that sound okay? So this end is port and that end is juice. So come and receive and Becca will serve us. Just as we're here holding... Holding a sense in ourselves of shadow and also holding in our hands, Jesus, the light, the life. Let me read this blessing to you by Jan Richardson called How the Light Comes. I cannot tell you how the light comes. What I know is that it is more ancient than imagining that it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us, that it loves searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten, or in peril, or in pain, that it has a fondness for the body, For finding its way towards flesh, for tracing the edges of form, for shining forth through the eye, the hand, the heart. I cannot tell you how the light comes, but that it does, that it will, that it works its way into the deepest dark, that enfolds you, though it may seem long ages in coming or arrive in a shape you did not foresee. And so, may we this day turn ourselves toward it. May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open more and open still to the blessed light that comes. Let's eat and drink in memory of Jesus, the light of the world.